All right, well, let's start with episode 38 of Current Gen Podcast. My name is Tim, and I'm here with Derek and Dan. Good evening, gentlemen. I don't believe that you're Tim. I think you're an imposter. You sound like a robot. You're an imposter. I know. <laughs> and all kinds of technical issues and just limited on where I can set up, too, because we've got uh, renovation work happening in our house. So ah. the work week has also been crazy because I'm right down here in the midst of uh, the attempt at online you know schooling since all the schools have been sent home and yeah. it's just nuts and now i'm fighting a cold it's just it's crazy it is crazy morning, but morning. I, I appreciate your patience and hopefully on the recording side for listeners i think the recording is going to sound fine but dan and derek have to put up with some weird kind of jittery robotic stuff i have going on so sorry about that that's, right. that's but, part of your cold yeah, it is. It is. It's all in the throat. It's on the throat. But let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about some games we've been playing. We actually, Derek pointed this out right before we started recording. Uh, last week, we had Dan Phillips on the show, and you guys, you three guys, all talked about your new consoles, your thoughts, the pros and cons, what your experiences were setting them up. You know, the UI, and then a little bit about the games. We did talk about some games there, but it was mostly about the, the consoles. And so, we thought it'd be good this week to really, now that we've had more time with the games as well. To, uh, to let especially Derek and Dan talk about the games they've been playing and of course specifically the new games on their new consoles. Curious what uh, what your thoughts are. And we can talk about the technical stuff. I think last week we really did a lot of technical stuff with frames per second and how things looked. I'm really more interested in the game experiences themselves. Like what's fun, what's not fun, what's worth the money, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, whoever wants to go first and dive into what you've been playing, go for it. Well, I'll start off by saying I have exciting news for Spider-Man Remastered on the PS5. You can now bring your PS4 save over. So that's actually what I did today. So now I can do New Game Plus and do all the DLC. And I'm my Spider-Man's a level 41, so I don't have to start over. So that's... You would think that'd be a bigger deal to folks because it was such a big deal when they announced you couldn't do it. And then once they were like, no, no, you can do it now, people are really quiet about it. Oh, people were pissed. But then that's the thing, Tim. It's like when people leave reviews for things, people are more willing to jump at the at the bit to Negative. complain about something than to that's say true. something positive. So that's, that's, true. that's just human the human race, Tim. It's true. Like as soon as they said, "No, oh, we're not going to be able to do it," because of whatever whatever the reasons were, I assume technical limitations were making them think that at first. People were losing their minds, and then now, I think it was shortly after launch, wasn't it, that they said, "Hey, we have an update where yeah. you can bring your save over," yeah. and people were just kind of like. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy. Personally, I'm happy because I it's did. It's a good uh, move, yeah. I'm not going to do it right now, but I do want to do a second playthrough. And I have all the DLC, or I had it all before the remastered release. But I only played maybe the first hour or so of the first episode. So I wouldn't mind going through. I might not do a second playthrough just because I have Miles Morales plus I have the DLC. But... At least I'll have the DLC and I don't have to start over and feel like I have to go through the game again to get to the DLC. Now I can just jump into it. So I just wanted to tell the listeners, because that's literally, I think it was just announced today that it was available. Um, but the game I'll start off with is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Even though Assassin's Creed Valhalla is still my main, we did talk about that one and gave our impressions. And 
I'm about 20 hours in. I didn't really play it this weekend at all, but um, my my thoughts on it have not changed. It's a, an amazing game. But I did dive a little bit more into Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um, I'm kind of going through it slowly because I keep switching from game to game to game, um, mainly because I just want to have impressions and to see what would hook me outside of uh, Valhalla. I think I went and checked the guide. I'm probably two-thirds through Miles Morales, and I didn't realize it. I don't feel like I should be. I don't feel like I've done that much, but maybe I've done more than I realized. Um, but anyways, as far as the game goes, uh, I still feel like it feels like DLC. It, it, I'm not saying, like, oh, the presentation's lower. Not, no, it, it feels like a AAA experience. But the way it's like set up, it feels like it's more like they've got this small narrative and then everything in the open world is just filler crap. Like, go uh, unlock this loot or go unlock this, this area. But, but there's no like side missions that really matter, if that makes sense. Like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you play the main story missions but you also have like these branching side quests that have their own stories. In fact, I did the Beowulf one and that was really well done. Um, I don't feel like you have that with Miles Morales. I feel like it's just, you can explore the open world and upgrade your character by just like opening, they're not chests, but like opening up things, finding things. But really you're just going from one story mission to the next. And all the story missions kind of feel like they're in the 15 to 20 minute range. Um, so that's where I think a lot of it feels like it is a shorter, smaller experience, even though I would say the presentation, the graphics, the frames per second, everything we talked about last week are definitely top notch. Like I you think know, our buddy, uh, Jeff Woodman, friend of the show, said he finished it in like six hours. Does that yeah. sound doable to you? Um, that, I, mean, I feel like I'm only like three to maybe four hours in, so I, that totally sounds accurate. Because I'm, I was looking at the walkthrough and I was like, "Really, I'm this far in?" Because I feel like I just started this game. I, I've seen people say that because there's a well, so there's a trophy for completing the game a second time, so you can do new game plus and you complete it again. And I've seen people say that like if they just power through the story, they can do it in like three hours. Okay. okay, so yeah, it makes sense that it, I'm yeah. feeling the way. Remind me, and I played this game, and I really liked it. I, I forget, though, what was the main line? I guess I could look it up while we're talking. Main line for the first Spider-Man in 2018. I, I feel like it was much longer. It was, it was between like 12, 15, 15 and 20, I think. 15, 20? Yeah, okay, that's what right. I feel like it was. But like I mean, 20. I mean, I don't... The thing, the thing, so the, with this, I, I think the whole time they kind of... They didn't straight up say it. But my impression the whole time with Miles Morales leading up to it was it was supposed to be kind of like Uncharted Lost Legacy. Like it's it's like a yeah, it's like but a, I feel like it's even shorter than that. Here's this that's is, fine. You know, yeah. This is right. conspiracy theory, but this is just me. Um uh this is how I felt since they announced it, not just playing the game. I feel like this was a rush game. I'm not talking about how it plays. Everything's good. I'm talking about they compacted everything in to get it out and launch because I don't think they felt like they really had a system seller. I don't feel like they had a PlayStation hmm. brand title that was a system seller like Spider-Man. And so I feel like they were like, 
and I'm sure they didn't do it three months before the launch of the game, but they were like maybe a year or two before saying, hey, can you start putting together a smaller story narrative for the Spider-Man universe? Let's not use Peter Parker because we want him to be in the sequel. This is not a sequel. And we need to get this out on launch. Um, I feel like that was their agenda here. And they never came out and said, this is a super short game. But obviously, now that people are playing it, it is very short. And again, anybody who's listening that's rolling their eyes and thinking I'm knocking it, I'm not. I still think this is high quality. I don't have a problem. I think 50 is a bit much, but there is a lot. Like, if you choose to explore the world or play it multiple times, you're going to get your money's worth. That's that's not – I'm not going to knock it for that. But I do think 50 is a bit much for it. I think – 30 to 40 would have been a more reasonable price. How much was Lost Legacy? Was that 40? It was 40, I believe. Okay. All right. Well, all games in this next generation are $10 more. So playing next kind of, gen, uh, paying a next gen I kind of, I kind of chalk it up to that's the $10 extra. So I think of this as what would have been a $40 game like three or four years ago. Um, is now well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like Lost Legacy was worth 40. I'm saying I don't think this this one oh. feels a little more compact. Like I didn't feel I see. I see. Like when I would play a Lost Legacy mission or chapter that I was like, "Wow, that was really short." Like this feels like every mission I do so far is just infiltrate a building, go find the thing you want, break out of the building. And it's you know interesting. I'm looking at how long to beat.com right now, which I realize is just user base it takes averages so take this with a grain of salt but um both lost legacy and miles morales both have the main story at seven hours main mm-hmm. plus some of the extra right around 11 or 12 completionist 16 to 17 okay so, so it is around the same amount as pretty well. much yeah. yeah yeah yep i mean so i'm obviously i'm i'm a huge spider-man fan so maybe i'm a little biased but you're I personally feel like um, <laughs> this is worth fifty dollars. <laughs> sure. Um, sure. I, I don't feel ripped off by it. I just no, think it's I know. a bit much for what they're. It's off. just. I just. What, I, what what value are you getting from it, Dan? What do you say? I makes just have it a big smile much? on my face the whole time, dude. And it's like, yeah. here's the thing. Like, I I really didn't actually know a lot about Miles or really anything to be to be completely honest until uh, I launched the. Um, you only care about white characters. Yes, of course. <laughs> I definitely hate mixed uh, people that are what is it? What is he? Puerto Rican and black. Um, yeah, I, I just can't I think stand in Harry that Potter. Mix. They're called mudbloods. <laughs> yes, mud mudbloods. <laughs> um, but like, uh, so when I watched, uh, what was it Into the Spider Verse? That that mm. was kind of my first like big like introduction to Miles. Um, yeah, that, I think I ran the same movie. boat with you. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's an excellent best Spider Man movie? Is it do we think it's the best Spider Man movie, maybe? I Probably. mean it it's honestly quality wise up there for sure. Like it, it stands toe to toe with like the live action ones for sure. Like I think it's the best. Um yeah. I mean I really I like the yeah, homecoming ones yeah. just because I think Tom I think Holland like story wise and all really that. Pers- I think he really fits yeah, I think yeah, really yeah. well. So. I think we lost you, Dan. Oh he's oh, back. No. Oh, am I here? No? Yeah. Or not. Hello? Yeah, yeah we can hear you now. Ah, okay. I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, no, I just but go uh, ahead. Go ahead. I, yeah, I want to hear from your side, Spider-Man fan and Sony boy. Uh, what are you thinking about this game? What are you liking about it? Yeah, so I think it's. Uh, I think perhaps a lot of people that 
maybe played the first Spider-Man. I mean, most people are mostly used to Peter Parker. When you think Spider-Man, you think Peter Parker. Mm. Obviously, in the comics, you know, for years now, they've been expanding universes, multiple universes. I think maybe a lot of people's introduction to Miles was perhaps this movie. Because I don't think too many people read comic books as maybe they did, I don't know, a few years ago. I mean, I could be completely wrong. Um, but having this game, having this introduction to Miles, like actually being able to play Miles and and kind of know his story. And, and he kind of also has those things in his life that have occurred similar to Peter. Um, so that sorrow and, and that sadness that Peter has experienced that kind of makes him the hero that he is, you know, mm. um, that correlation I think is pretty important. And it, and it makes, it made me feel connected to miles because once the story starts going and you meet this certain character um, or friend um, that he hasn't seen in a while, um, and and then you know once he meets the the villain and and that starts rolling, um, I just think there's actually some pretty good emotional highs that I just wasn't expecting from a character that I barely even know. Nice, yeah, that's good. Um, and I think that's important because again, if you don't really know the character too much, like me, but I love Spider Man, just like what Spider Man is, like the fact that by the end of the game, like I actually got a little teary-eyed right at the very end. It's, it's just, you know, yeah, I know. Because Spider-Man starts talking about Final Fantasy VII and you were just <laughs> overwhelmed. Actually, he, yeah, he says Final Fantasy thirteen is his favorite and I just got really <laughs> upset. So. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Miles, you son of a... <laughs> um, but, uh... So the performances yeah, just, are pretty good then, huh? Yes, uh, but I do feel, I do agree, sorry, with sort of, there are... So there are cutscenes that happen in the game with individuals that do feel like a little rushed that if maybe this was, you know, another five hours longer or six hours or plus that those cutscenes would have felt a little fuller. Um, and that's not the case for all of them, but there was, and I wish I remember what the cutscene was just so I could describe it a little bit, but, um, oh, it's, so his friend, he, this girl that he, uh, went to school with. And then once they went to college, they separated and she comes back to visit him. Um, they're like on this rooftop looking for this, um, uh, uh, what the hell is, uh, what are those things that you put away and then you dig back up? Oh, time capsule. Time capsule. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time capsule. Sorry. Yes. Um, so he meets up with her cause you know, he's being Spider-Man and he's like, oh yeah, no, I'll be there in a second, but he's doing Spider-Man stuff. Um, and then he meets up with her and they find the type capsule. And then there's like a quick little flashback. And then like, she like leaves and it's like, <laughs> so like we've been, they've been discussing like, Oh, let's hang out. Let's hang out. We need to hang out. We haven't seen each other in so long. And like that moment just feels very rushed, but it's like, it just feels rushed because it's a shorter game and not because it's naturally like she's rushing away to go do something. If that makes sense. Yeah. It just, yeah, just, there are, there's like these moments and I noticed with that particular cutscene, I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like they literally just like met up and it's like three minutes later, she's like, all right, I got to go. It's like, you guys just climbed up to this roof of this, like, like five story building to find this time capsule. And and now you're just going to leave immediately. That's weird. Um, So basically it could have been fleshed out a bit more. Like there was a little bit of shallow moments that maybe given a little more time, they could have built out a little more. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I I think that kind of goes along with like, what Derek was saying because it is shorter and, and maybe they were rushing it. Maybe it was going to be a fuller game. Maybe it wasn't. I mean, who really knows? Yeah, who um, knows? Right. I, I feel like maybe their intention was to kind of just have this be an in-between, like maybe it was a smaller team. I, I don't know what's going on with Insomniac. Like maybe they're expanding. So this was a smaller team and 
that, that was the intention. Let's, let's, you know, uh, make something a bit shorter while the, the main team is making Spider-Man two the sequel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, even, even like with like the boss fights, there's only really two boss fights, technically a third, but I, I don't want to hmm. get into like the specifics of that. It, gotcha. It's kind of like a, it's one of the, there's like these challenges throughout the game that you do and, and there's kind of a boss fight there, but not really, you know? Um, so like even that's like, oh, okay. So there's two boss fights and, or there's more than two boss fights, but there's two bosses. So you fight one of the bosses again. I mean, so. is it fair for folks to just think of this as really meaty and fun DLC or, or, or spinoff add-on type stuff? Like, is it okay for you to think of it that way? Or does that upset you guys for them to think of it? That maybe, way? maybe old fashioned, but I like using the word expansion. Yeah. Exp- there you go. Separate from DLC. Okay. Like I think those can be two separate things. Well, yeah. So, so I, like I, the AC Odyssey expansions were almost full games. Now, if they had come out as separate Assassin's Creed games, they would have been, pretty sparse comparatively and probably trashed on, but because there yeah. were expansions and here's some new areas, new characters, new story. And, you know, Derek, you played at least some of it, you know, it's not, it's not a full Assassin's Creed experience, but it's a really cool expansion of that idea. So I, I am totally behind this kind of content. I have no problem with it. And it's also really good for me to have my expectations in check as I go to play this thing um, that I'm not expecting Spider-Man two. you know, like to me, this was, yeah. it, it is expanding on, the story from the first one and it's introducing you to a new character while keeping Peter Parker, like still kind of in the loop, like he exists. So it's in that universe. Um, I think it's kind of, kind of be a bridge to Spider-Man two and they could potentially yeah. maybe use both Spider-Mans at the same time. You maybe even do a Dude. co-op type thing. Um, but I, I, I think it is, DLC expansion. I don't really care what you call it. Um, and that's why I said, like, when you're doing the comparisons, Lost Legacy was pretty expensive. This is pretty expensive. I don't have a problem paying it because I feel like, again, I always say it's more about quality than, like, when somebody complains about, well, game's only five hours long, I'm not buying it. Well, that's really stupid because you went and took your kids to go see a two hour movie and you paid $50. So it's really about quality over how long something is. Um, But I do think that with this, it doesn't feel like as far as narrative and everything, it does not feel like a full game. So I think it's fair to say, Hey, this is clearly a shorter experience. And in the Odyssey DLC using that as an example or the expansions, those are the same thing. They're set up the same way, but they give you three of them for $40. You know, <laughs> yeah. pay full price. And so, they're all pretty can, massive. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's my and point. I, like, they're not one-to-one even on that because, yeah, you could compare one expansion to this, but you're actually getting two more expansions for that $40, whereas this you're only getting true. the one expansion in the one open world that you've explored already that's before. True. I do want to just throw out there, though, for me personally, from beginning to end, the the overall arc of like what the main conflict is, mm-hmm. like while the game is not long, I feel like the story begins and ends and it's complete. Okay. Like there's a through line. Yeah. I I think there are good moments 
and like yeah i've heard nothing but good things about the story i don't have any complaints about it right now i think it sounds like it's good i've heard the ending's good keep in mind though people said they teared up not just you other people at the 2018 one and i was laughing (laughs) (laughs) you're a scumbag (laughs) you're a jerk how dare you all right so let's move on that one i i would say the next one we should talk about is the other big release on the ps5 and that's demon souls um as most of our listeners if we have any listeners know i already beat demon (laughs) souls like what month month and a half ago so I didn't think it would take away any of my hype for this on, you know, being a remastered, looking way better, playing way better. Hey, it's a remake, and you better get that right. Or oh, yeah, no right. <laughs> uh, This remake, but it has. I, I booted it up. I beat the first area with no problem, um, like, because I knew everything pretty much by heart, and the first boss is super easy, so I was like, oh, this is, this is simple. And then I got to the second area and I started dying to some annoying enemies. I was like, you know what? I don't want to play this game. I hate you. <laughs> so I don't have the patience for yep. it. But keep in mind that a lot of that has to do with A, I just beat it. And B, I have a ton of games. Like I bought basically everything on launch or I have access to everything at launch for these new consoles and, and some of the big third-party games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I have that on PC too. So I have a ton of games. If I only bought Spider-Man and Demon's Souls, I definitely would keep playing Demon's Souls because my impressions of it is this is a high, high quality remake. Like, I don't think you could have made this better. And I know I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again. PS5 feels next-gen because of these two games. Yes, it's the controller too, but it's these two games because these games look way better than anything that's come out on any of the other consoles um, or even just the PS5. Like, I think Assassin's Creed Valhalla is a good-looking game, but I actually have it on PS5 and PC, and it does not look good, as good on PS5 as Spider-Man and Demon's Souls. Yes, I know it's open world. Yes, blah, blah, blah. I get all that. My point is, is those two games, and I would throw Godfall in there as well, those three games that are only on the PS5, so they're not branched out anywhere else, look leaps and bounds better than anything else I've played ever, even on PC. Um, That's how detailed they are. That's how beautiful they are. Um, Even the remaster of Spider-Man, while it doesn't to me look as good as Miles Morales, you can tell they took some time to make it look the best they could and use the PS5 to... I won't say full capacity. Obviously, games are going to get, I, I think, better as we go through um, oh, of course. this generation like they always do. But these games look phenomenal, and Demon's Souls is one of them. I mean, it plays phenomenal, looks phenomenal, but I'll let Dan talk about the game more. I don't know. Have you ever beaten Demon's Souls before? Yeah, I got it back when around when it came out. Um, I honestly don't remember how I even it must it must have been like in a Facebook group or something like beyond um, when we were all in that and that wasn't a cesspool yeah. of a of a place. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I did get it at that time around when it came out, um, and I was like, man, this is this is weird and it's hard, um, but there's something grabbing me about it. I don't really get why. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do remember beating it. I just don't remember a lot of the game. I do remember that first main 
like area not not the tutorial dungeon but like the first main one yeah um and that giant bridge where that dragon just keeps swooping by and just like setting the whole thing ablaze yeah he's um and then just some other areas like there's that area that has like those little those flying enemies that look almost like stingrays or something yeah 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 there's that area like there's little bits and pieces of the game that i remember but um I don't I don't remember a lot of it and I and I haven't honestly actually played too much of this just because so I I actually was on vacation this week it just happened to time out correctly that when my wife and I took the week off like I was like oh hey look the PlayStation 5 is coming out the week before isn't that great so <laughs> so I've had this whole week off I literally finished Miles Morales um I'm about 16 hours into Valhalla I think I played like a couple hours of, of Demon's Souls. Okay, so you're probably so, about where I am. Did you beat the first boss? No, not yet. Okay, so I'm further. I just kind of roamed around and honestly just looked at the environment in awe because that game is gorgeous. <laughs> it is. I mean, we don't have to talk about it much more just because we, we already know it's beautiful. But yeah. overall, it's it's a cool experience just for me personally. I don't know if when i'll play it i bought it more to co-op it with people but i haven't even attempted to co-op it with like Damien or or sasan or anything like that well what i was going to ask you guys was isn't demon souls a shorter souls game compared to the other ones that have come after it is it it, it is it there's people beating it in like nine hours okay and i know but also people I have played my the game. time the first time i played through it but it didn't feel like it was as long as the other Souls games I've played. I don't... Here's another reason why I'm not big on really wanting to replay it right now. I don't like it even nearly as close as the other ones. The only one I would put it ahead of is Dark Souls 2. Like, Dark Souls and Dark Souls 3 are leaps and bounds better than Demon Souls. I also have said this before... I hate that Demon Souls basically punishes you for wanting to do a strength build, whereas all their other games, granted this came out before it, encourage you to, to play whatever role you want. Like, if you want to do a strength build, do a strength build. You want to do a magic build, do a magic build. This game basically says, oh, you want to do a strength build? Well, then we're going to make the game like 80 billion times harder. Whereas if you choose to do a magic build, you basically make it easy mode and it is if you watch people play it and they wait a minute the game gets magic. easier or just the mechanics with magic happen to be easier and i'm not sure i'm following the game well, is actually like, easier you don't even have to get close to the enemies you just shoot them from a distance oh i see so it makes it a hell of a lot easier because if you're doing a strength build you have to get close to them and some of the enemies the way they're designed like some of the boss fights it's like almost impossible there's actually literally a boss fight in Dark Souls. Well, okay, it's not impossible to beat the boss without, a, you know, without magic, but it's almost impossible. And it's like this floating magic butterfly that just like shoots you over and over, and you can't hit her. She's too far away from you, and you're on a bridge, so you can't actually run to her. She's just floating in midair, and the only way you can defeat her is if like. You either get some co-op uh, AI ma- magic wielding uh, character to, to shoot at her, or you can like throw stuff at her or something, and then she eventually lands. But it's like 
way, way harder. That's a lot of what Demon Souls is. Hmm. It's like certain bosses are designed where it's like, if you're not a magic build or you don't have it at all, like you're not a mix at all, you basically screwed yourself in a way. But isn't there multiplayer you can call in help for people who have different classes maybe? Yeah, but when I played when I played it, everything was shut down. So in this remake, yes. Oh, okay. But in, in when I played it, it was shut down. So I couldn't call on anybody's help. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's frustrating. That that's and it's too bad they didn't fix that, you know, with the remake. I mean, anyways, it's just, it's a good game. It's just not for me, it's not my favorite. I love that I bought it. I think I'll eventually get in a mode where I'm like, I want to play it. But right now with like Games like Miles Morales, Valhalla, Godfall even, um, Yakuza, Beyond Light by for Destiny. All that stuff stacks ahead of it in my desire to play those games over Demon Souls. And again, a lot of that has to do with if I hadn't beat it a month, month and a half ago, no. I would probably be investing a lot of time in Demon Souls. But well, now that on your I love have, for that. I've seen it depends it on your three. love for that series, though, right? Because yes, I mean, like, I I didn't recently play it like you did, and and I've touched that the least between Valhalla, Miles Morales, and and this. It's mm. just I'm not specifically in the mood right now where I'm like I want to put this ahead of everything else. Like I, I'm well, intro- and I really in- the Souls games are games you have to invest in. Like you can't yeah. play an hour of Demon Souls and then be like, well, I'm gonna go play three hours of Valhalla and then come back. And be like, okay, I think I'll just uh, dabble in souls again. Like, you've got to get in a room. You've got to know what the heck you're doing. You got to memorize the maps, the enemies, all that stuff. It's not something you can kind of play. That's why whenever I play these games and I'm talking about them on the show, you'll notice like my OCD kicks in, my obsession kicks in, and I'm like, I must know everything. I must do everything, and I must beat everything. And that's all I focus on because I'm constantly thinking about that game. I'm not in the mood to think about this game right now. Hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. No. Gotcha. But, I mean, it is just a very, very good remake for sure. Absolutely. Top notch. Well, and it's, it's a nice, it sounds like it's a nice showpiece for the system as well. Like, hey, look what this thing can do with graphics, you know, oh, yeah. visually, which is pretty awesome. Hey, uh, so we talked about how we've got several weeks coming up. We're going to do our game of the year stuff in January this year because we want plenty of time to play everything from 2020 before we rank everything from 2020. Yeah, so we're not we're really not in a rush. Sells out. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Game Awards nominees here in a minute, and I've got some qualms with a number of different things the way they do it, but I'm glad it exists. But anyway, we'll get to it. Um, but I, I did just want to mention a few things about Valhalla with my experience, but before I do that... Is there something that you guys really, really want to talk about from PS5 or Xbox Series X, Derek, that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet? Or can can everything else wait for a future whatever plan? No, I, I would say we can wait. I mean, the only thing I'd throw in is uh, I did purchase Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. I just want to mention that I played the whole first level. Game is super fun. Like, I was actually in shock how good this game is and how uh i don't know how to say it it feels like a triple a experience where i've never played one of those warriors games and felt like i was playing a quality game yeah it usually felt like, like an arcade version of it yep yeah i always felt like i was playing like a cheesy b-side no man this game. feels like they really love zelda and wanted to get oh, some of yeah. the breath of the wild it's like vibes. a love letter to zelda but they make the combat super fun 
I would actually prefer they take this type of combat and then put less enemies on the map and make them a little bit harder to beat. I think that would make the game mm. way, way better. Yeah, because there's um, so many special moves and power-ups and stuff, but you oh, yeah. as you're just sweeping through enemies, like literally like water, it's a little bit like, well, that's right. the Muso formula, you know? It is, that's you're right, the- it is. But that's what I'm saying. I'm saying get away from that and just make a Zelda game, or you know, you don't have to make a Zelda game, but any of them. Or just have an uh, have a hardcore mode. Have a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fewer fewer enemies. Have a hardcore mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and my then, son and I both downloaded this demo, and we didn't buy it yet, but I'm getting it for him for Christmas. And uh, my son, this is my son Shepard, and he, yeah, spoiler uh, Shepard, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> not my kids don't listen to this. Um, but anyway. Um, he loves it so much. He has replayed the demo probably five times. Like he can't get enough wow. of it. And it just lets you do yeah. the whole first chapter. Basically it carries over too. Right? It does carry yeah. over. And I'm like, buddy, yeah. you can just leave your say. And he's like, no, I want to keep playing it. So he just, he loves it so much and it is a blast. And, um, yeah. I, I can confirm what Derek's saying. It doesn't feel like the other dynasty warriors games. Um, it, I mean, it does. I should, let me correct that. It does feel like it, but it just feels more fun. I think it's a combination yeah. of the world and the visuals. They really got, some really great visuals now. There's a good amount of pop in from a distance, um, but it's it's uh, it's still impressive what they're doing on the Switch in terms of like the number of enemies. But because of the number of enemies, a number of effects going on, and they want to maintain a pretty smooth experience. You do have moments where entire platoons will all of a sudden just kind of pop in, you know, not too many yards yeah. from you. So that happens. That's pretty common with with the Dynasty Warriors. It is. So yeah. I think what made this good is not only are you using like Breath of the Wild techniques. For instance, you start out using Link, and he has all his abilities from Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. um, where he can throw bombs and uh, he can. What is it? Where he like raises ice underneath them or something? Yep, yep. He can kind of raise a platform. Yep. Yeah. So what I was going to say is, in that first level, and again, I haven't done anything else outside of that. Um, that first area, he's fighting like a lot of bosses. And I'm not talking like major bosses, but in every like area where there's a huge group of enemies, like when you're going to a destination, like your, your, your destination point, you always come into contact with at least one or two, one, two, three boss level enemies that are definitely harder to beat. So all the other enemies take maybe one to two hits to kill and you'll see them disappear. These guys have, you know, the the Zelda life bar, and you got to dwindle them down. Well, a lot of them take you using your special abilities. Like mm-hmm. there was a wizard I fought, and I couldn't hit the wizard unless I raised the ice underneath me and then floated to him and then started swinging on him. Yeah, it's pretty creative, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like they want you to use your brain in this game, which is what Zelda's all about. Zelda's not a hack and slash game. And I get that the Warriors games are hack and slash, but I love the fact that they're taking both worlds and saying, okay, we're going to have a hack and slash, you know, just kill 5,000 enemies, but we're also going to have enemies where you can't do that. You like, you got to yep. use your brain a little bit. You got to use your special abilities, all that stuff. Otherwise yep. you're not going to go anywhere with, with this game. So, well, and when they so throw far, you to that second character right away, you realize, Oh, they're all going to play very differently. Like oh, yeah, yeah. some some of the core stuff is the same. You're sweeping through enemies, but you do it in different ways, and the and the visuals are so impressively different for every character you use. And so, Link can surf on a shield, so that's Link exactly. That's some that's some Legolas nonsense yeah. right there. 
Yep, he can do so, a Lego last move and surf on the shield and knock it Last game out. I'll bring up, and then I've got a jet because I've got to wake up early, is I just want to say, give it just a quick shout-out to Godfall. I know this game has gotten – I'm not going to say it's gotten crapped on. It hasn't. It's gotten average reviews, and it's basically the messaging has been this is a shallow, fun game. Like it would be how you would describe a Warriors game. I disagree. I'm not saying like the plot and story are absolutely amazing, but I was actually expecting way less because, and I didn't read any of the reviews. I just saw the scores. And then I saw people posting and beyond about glad I held off. This is a pathetic game. It's shallow. And then I go and play and I'm like, you're all wrong. Like this is way more to it than what you guys are giving credit. And I was actually shocked how long, some of the levels are, um, how open they are. Um, it doesn't feel like I'm just playing in Melee Destiny, even though there's a lot of Melee Destiny to it. Um, so it does have open areas. Yeah, the, the areas are a lot That's more what open. I've been wondering the whole time. <laughs> well, hang on. Explain open area, because that could be like the Marvel's Avengers open areas, but those weren't really that open. So what, what do you mean by open areas? I mean, it would probably be closer to... Well, I feel like it's bigger. Marvel's Avengers was very linear in a lot of areas. Um, This is, to me, more open. Like, there are closed-off areas in some of these er like worlds that you go to, Mm -hmm. but your job is to, throughout the story, to unlock them. But you're not, like, roaming around, taking missions from people on the map while also fighting enemies. No, there's... going on a mission. It's got the destiny feel as far as there's the hub world where the person that's in the hub or the thing that's in the hub is what you're working with to help destroy the enemy. And they're... Yeah, like Avengers and Destiny. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. go... They'll say, go here to get this, blah, blah, blah. And so you'll go and go to the world and it's starts out linear because you're going literally down like pathways that are kind of closed off and then they have little like openings but it does open up into little bit bigger areas to explore and there's a lot to explore and there's a lot of chests hidden everywhere so you actually i guess what i would say they do a better job of it's almost like greedfall greedfall wasn't very open but it had open areas but greedfall did a terrible job of giving you any desire to explore this game goes, hey, if you explore, you'll get rewarded with these chests and things that actually matter because the chests have, you know, items you care about. So I feel like that's what they've done a good job of. So far, nice. yeah, that's the world's cool. The graphics are probably the best on on, on PlayStation. It's up there. They with do Demon's look very nice. Spider-Man. And then the other thing is the combat is really fun it's not super hard there are some enemies that will get a little bit a little bit challenging again i'm only maybe three hours in but i'm really loving the loop of going exploring killing grabbing a bunch of loot upgrading my character and then repeating the process so it's not you're not getting a story narrative like you would want from you know maybe other some of these other melee games this has definitely got that Destiny vibe to it. I'm just saying it does it at a quality level. Like, I don't feel like the way they do it, the way they take you back to the hub world, it doesn't feel to me exactly like Destiny. 
Like they just want you to replay the same missions over and over. It feels like they're trying to tell you a story. You're unlocking new things and you're going through this story. Um, and, and I don't know. I just think it's a good game. And if anybody's on the fence, no, don't buy it right now. Cause you probably already have 10 games, but don't pass this up when it is cheaper and don't be the cheap person. that's like, I'll, I'll get it when it's free. Like, you're an idiot. Just get the game. It's a good game. It's worth playing. Ringing endorsement. You can. Oh, another thing I know a lot of people will ask me, can you play it solo? Yes. I have not played with one person yet. I've done everything by myself. I don't even know how to play with. Oh, I guess you can only play with actual friends. You can't play with randoms. So they do force you to play if you're going to do co-op with friends. And so you so I don't have any friends. Friends with someone on a forum or something and then play together. Yeah. So since I don't have any friends, I am soloing this and I'm enjoying it. I don't feel like I'm missing out and I don't feel like the game is designed. Well, you, you really should have a second and third person in this game. It feels like it can do whatever it wants to do. You want to play it solo, play it. You want to play it with multiple, multiple people, play it. It's fine. Well, listen, uh, with with Derek needing to head out, and uh, I appreciate you giving us some time before you have to um, head out because I know you have an early morning. Uh, Dan, if you and I want to, we can stay on and talk about any other games we're playing. Yeah, I just wanted to add um, with Astro's Playroom mm-hmm. last time I mentioned, mm-hmm. just like the, it definitely is the experience that you want to have to really kind of get a well-rounded impression of the controller. The new controller, yeah. the dual sense. Yeah, I've heard it's a great um, way to learn the dual sense capabilities. Yeah. So I, I did one one of the areas. Um I finished one of the areas and then today I started one of the newer areas and it actually had the uh um the uh rocket sequence where basically he your little guy jumps into the ball, you zip it up, and then basically these two boosters pop out of it and you're trying to essentially um shoot up uh and kind of dodge enemies and and you know, kind of fly into um, into chests that give you coins and so on and so forth. But the sensation of the triggers, hmm. dude, in- insane. Yeah, like it's 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 not just it's not it's not vibrating. It's 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 the feedback. Like it, it the, the haptic feedback is the best way to describe it, and and that's actually what it's called. Yeah, don't doesn't um, it actually feel like resistance dip more than vibration? So. I, I wanted to specifically point out the rocket part because like so when you're holding down the trigger so if you kind of like slightly like you slightly press down on them and then as you gradually press down more the propulsion gets stronger and you feel it in the triggers like the triggers are actually like vibrating in like this pulsing kind of way like and you can actually hear the controller like you can hear the mechanisms inside doing it like because it's again it's it's not just shaking like like kind of regular vibrating of like controllers mm-hmm. prior mm-hmm. um it's it's literally like gradually you know vibrate it kind of it's just it's insane it's kind of hard to describe it it's literally you have shaking. to have in your hand yeah i'm literally <laughs> shaking right now <laughs> uh, yeah it's just like it the second that i felt i hit that sequence and i felt the triggers doing that like a big smile on my face dude it just it just felt so cool and so like, remind me did you ever play uh astrobot on vr did you ever play that game? No. Okay. No. Because I don't have I don't have VR. So. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember if you had a PSVR. Um, to me, that game alone. There's a few other really cool VR experiences that if you don't have VR elsewhere, you know, I think uh, things like Beat Saber are really cool on VR. Yeah. 
but Astrobot was the one thing that was only on PSVR that I would always point people to to say, hey, this is one of the only things that is totally, truly exclusive to PSVR. There's a few, but that's mm-hmm. really the one that stands above the rest. Because I think Beat Saber is available elsewhere, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I, I think it was on Oculus. Wasn't it on something else I, first, like Oculus, and I, then it came to PSVR? I, I want to say that it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but um, Astro, I think it's called Astrobot Rescue Mission. It's, that is one of the most fun, most adorable little platforming, like 3D platforming games. I mean, mm. I, I mean, it's right up there with... In terms of the charm and the fun, and also the yeah. just high quality of platforming, it's right. There are things like Mario, and you know, more recently, things like Crash Bandicoot Four, just really well executed, great art yeah. style, tons of personality, and so I'm so glad that they actually kept this franchise going. I was worried that since they put that just on VR, that a lot of folks weren't were going to miss it and it wasn't going to catch on. So I'm so glad they put that in yeah. as a pack in. Is this a full game or is it more of a demo that shows you here's some things it could do like does it feel like here's a game with levels and boss fights and then you finish the game or is it just like demo type stuff so the levels are i think so i think there are four you know using air quotes worlds okay um and each has a number of levels in it or something yeah so basically as you progress through it it has like sections so like almost like uh, almost like chapters but they all kind of blend together okay um and there's just kind of different things happening in each in each uh section chapter whatever you want to call it i got you Um, but there are four worlds and you go into it and and you progress through and you're getting collectibles and coins and so on and so forth. and you can replay it to Um, go get stuff you missed and all that yeah and and actually i think when i finished the first section a speed run uh, thing opened up like this this portal to like a speed run thing so you can even go do that if you want so they do, okay um, all I right mean, so it's trophies. a little more of a game than i gave it credit for in my mind yeah yeah no like pretty much pretty much anyone who buys it like just please play it and definitely at least play up to that rocket section because again it, it's insane <laughs> like, yeah just yeah. the sensation and and like i mentioned on the last episode when i was rolling over the the rock Mm -hmm. that rocky surface and like literally the the controller was shaking in 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 all these different ways and patterns as i was rolling over the surface it's just it's crazy yeah they didn't yeah i'm excited you know what's funny of all the ps5 stuff that's the one that i am most excited about at the moment like i want to play miles morales i'm excited especially for the story um i'm curious about demon souls and godfall i want to see how they look and see how they play but those neither one of those really at least from the trailers made me go, Oh my word, I must have this. Yeah. Um, so like when I heard demon souls isn't coming to PC, I kind of shrugged like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. and I see Godfall on sale on PC and I'm like, Nope, not yet. Maybe later. Yeah. You know, uh, and this is free. But so Ast- yeah, the Astro <laughs> is just such a cute little character. And, uh, the way he interacted with the controller in VR looks like, he, <laughs> at least in the ad, it showed him jump on the dual sense and hug it too. He's just such oh, an yeah. endearing little spaceman. He's adorable. Yeah, they definitely put like a lot of attention and love and like like you said, like you said, there's a lot of charm with that other game. Like it's all there. Like all the all the little Astro dudes that are just strewed about and and all the like references. So like there'll be some of them dressed as characters from you know the over the years of PlayStation like mascots and so oh like, interesting and nice exclusives and so on and so forth. Like I. I saw um, earlier today there was a I forget I forget her actual name but the the main character from Gravity Rush uh, the blonde girl oh I saw sure her. yeah um, D- Dante was in there I saw Dante he was like shooting up uh, up in the air uh, one of the Astrobot dudes because you know he's got the dual pistols so so they're even um, get, get paying homage to like classic games even if they aren't just oh, yeah. on PlayStation. 
Well, yeah, well, because Devil May, the original Devil May Cry was on PlayStation 2. Right, so. but I'm saying, like, now yeah. it's, of course, it's since has arrived elsewhere. Of course. But yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's but, cool. Um, I yeah. like that. Yeah, it's it's more the enjoyment of, like, I'm getting more enjoyment of just, like, what's, what's it going to throw at me that this controller is going to do as opposed to the actual game itself. Not that the game is bad, but mm-hmm. I, I'm more excited at these moments, like I meant said with the rocket sequence. Um, I'm like, oh, that that was like a new sensation. I was like, oh, I wasn't I wasn't ready for that. Like yeah. that was super cool. So yeah, next yeah, up they're gonna hit you with the Buster Sword and you're gonna shed a tear at that point. Um, it <laughs> was in there. It was in the it was in the sex the second section. There was a bunch of Astro dudes surrounding it. The light was beaming down on the <gasps> Buster Sword, and and all you do is you whack at it and it just flips around. And I was like, oh, come on, give me something else. Yeah, let me do something else with this. That's cool. They I was, included I was, it though. Yeah, I was I was anticipating the like victory fanfare kicking in or something, but yeah. that didn't happen. So yeah. that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. So basically, actually, don't play it at all. all. <laughs> yeah, I'm ignoring yeah, it now. So. Yeah. Listen, the only thing I've been playing is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Of course, I don't have the new console, so I would have been playing things like Astro and Spider Man for sure. Um, but uh, I am having so much fun with Assassin's Creed. I think I'm like 35 hours in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's again, it's the only thing I've been playing. So late at night or if I've got, a, you know, the, on Saturday, you know, during the day when it's kind of downtime, I can fire it up and play it. Uh-huh. And it is so, so good. Like I, I, I know I've talked about this before, but it checks all the boxes of what I'm looking for in a game. And it's probably been a while since we talked about this. Maybe we should do another episode where we talk about, you know, what are the things that for us specifically on a personal level that we would say, if a game has this, you know, that's, that's what I like in a game or whatever. So anyway, mm-hmm. this one checks almost every box. Like, I can't think of anything it doesn't have. I'm like, oh, I wish they would do this. Like, you can do everything. You can, you literally are a Viking in medieval times, England, traveling around mm-hmm. with your crew in a long ship raiding if you want to, or you can stealth around. People are being like, oh, stealth is bad or it's not included or Vikings don't stealth. <laughs> Shut up. The stealth is implemented just as well if not better than any of the other I mean, acs before it this is also literally not a history book you're playing a video game oh, so people are so annoying sus- but yeah that like, being said it's it, why is it called assassin's creed if there's no stealth you idiot there's a ton of stealth you just don't have to <laughs> stealth if you don't want to but i have gone through entire outposts entire sections and it takes a lot more time but if you like stealth if you like doing that kind of stuff and if you've got the right abilities for like chaining assassinations and stuff you can have a blast being a 100% silent assassin if you want to. Now, of course, there's story moments where you got to do a boss fight, whatever. That's just all video games are that way. Even Hitman has moments where they're going to discover you because it's part of the story. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, all that to say, I'm just having so much fun with it. I love all the side stuff. Even the dice game is a surprisingly deep strategic game. I don't know if you played that yet. Yeah. Um, yeah at first i didn't quite get it but then and then it just suddenly clicked and i've won every match since then yeah same here it took me a minute to realize like oh you want those tokens to do your special moves that really does damage to their health so basically you want you want it to roll the you want it to have that little orange square around the edge because that means you're going to get one of those little tokens but yeah um anyway that's really fun uh some of the other little side stuff is a is a blast too i just went to an area i'm gonna try not to give anything away both for you dan but also for anyone listening um but there's a there's a it's a pretty main quest so you can't miss it where Mm -hmm. when you uncover who a certain person in the order is you have to track them down to a land that's far away from from where the main game is Ah. so So, there's more than the two beginning areas yes but i don't know how much 
I don't know if this is one that you'll go back and forth to, although there's a lot of vantage points to synchronize with. There's some wealth and mysteries to uncover, um, but it's, it's not that hard to do it all in one go. Like I'm almost done with that section. Um, But it takes you to a really cool area and visually just kind of knocked my socks off yet again. Like this game just keeps just blowing me away with the way that it looks um, there are certainly funny, glitchy moments. Every open world game, even my oh, all-time yeah. favorites like The Witcher 3, all of them have really hilarious, glitchy moments. Um, this one certainly has them in this new area, man. You get into these canoes, and a couple of them have, for whatever reason, loaded in like 15 feet in the air above the water. <laughs> but <laughs> sure. when you get close to it, it still, lets, it still lets you take command of it if you look at it. So ah. you, you're actually up in the air, like 15 feet above the water. Oh, it's so funny. It's really fun. So (laughs) there's glitchy glitchy moments like that, but I would not call this game janky. I think it's quite smooth. And uh now that I'm using a hammer, I used I've used a hammer and an axe together, I've used a spear, I've used the great sword, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the large axe. I've even tried two shields. There's so many cool things you can do with combat that the combat has grown on me a ton. At first I was like, I don't know if I like this as much, but I am really digging it now. Um, there's also different types of bows, like there's fast fire light bows that don't yep. zoom in as much, but you can just, and you can even unlock extra moves to help you with this. You can just unload almost machine gun style uh, with your arrows. Yeah. I'm like, how are you firing that uh, I know. Firing that many arrows so fast? It's like, so cool. And so I'm really digging that part. Uh, the predator bow is cool too, but um, I don't need to snipe in this game. Like some people want to do that. It's fine. You can, yeah. you can even improve that and start guiding it. It's really cool. Oh, that's cool. um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm liking it so much. The story's getting really interesting. Um, again, I, I've heard a lot of people say this. I don't even need this to be an Assassin's Creed game. Come on, Ubisoft, just make a new IP. I love that it's an Assassin's Creed game because the way they're tying it back into the order and assassin yeah. stuff is fascinating to me because I like the modern day story. I want to see what happens there. Yeah. I like the I'm... battle, but the underlying battle between these two factions and you're not, and I'm still unsure which one is usually good and usually bad. I think I know, but, but there are times when I'm like, huh, that, that side doesn't sound so great right now. Yeah. So I, I, and that's why I loved Assassin's Creed rogue. Cause that just turned the whole thing on its head and you, you know, you're playing as a Templar, really, for that for that whole thing. But um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, all that to say, I'm totally loving this. Really dig it. And when you unlock the Seer's Hut, so the lady Seer who comes to your area, have you done that yet? No, I haven't unlocked her. Um, okay. her hut yet. No. So once you have her hut, then you get a series of missions that really reminds me a lot of the Odyssey Fates of Atlantis DLC. Uh, and what they okay. do there. Some fascinating ties to Norse myth- mythology and stuff like that. Um, that's another totally new, not quite as big of an area, but totally new area that you visit there uh, okay. as well. So anyway, I just think Ubisoft is killing it with the series. I know that people are going to whine and complain and I don't like modern day stuff. I don't like the Assassin's Creed stuff. That's fine. That's fine. I, I hear that people want it to be, just be, you are a new Viking and a brand new story and that's it. I don't really want that. I I like this. I like the running storyline in addition to brand new worlds and characters to explore. I like both. I mean, here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with wanting that game, but like the point of this series is it's all connected to the conflict between the Templars and the assassins. And that's the freaking point. And if you're like me and you like that lore and you like figuring out, Oh, what's on the timeline and who was here. uh, There's actually these bureaus that you discover as you get to the area of London, especially um, but you discover these old assassins bureaus where the is it was it is it a guild whatever the old assassins group yeah, yeah. 
used to have these locations back in ancient London that are now abandoned. And so you have to go find them. You can usually get some kind of special gear or armor, but also you get these these parchments you can read that kind of tells the story of how they were discovered and chased out. And now they're going to go regroup in Italy, <laughs> which ah. is, or was it Italy? No, it might've been Germany, but anyway, they're, they're moving on to a new country, which is either okay. a game that we've already played or a game that's, you know, yet to be made. So again, well, if it was Italy, then that would be, I can't remember, where is Cologne? Is that Germany? Cologne. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that is Germany. Because in my mind, I thought Italy, and then as soon as I thought of Cologne, I was like, wait, that might be Germany. But yeah, anyway. I think that, isn't that where um, Gamescom happens, isn't it? In Cologne? I feel like that's what it is. Yeah. 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 So that must be to a, either a lesser known, like one of the side scrolling AC games that I never finished, or, I mean, or a yet to be made game. But I think there are, there are comics also. There might be even like novels. Yeah. So that could yep. even just be referencing something outside of that. So totally. Yeah. So there are, there are some just really neat things the way that they i love the way they connect the dots personally i think it's fantastic yeah now the the depiction of you know ancient medieval what is this the year 800 something you know kind of medieval britain as being as roman influenced as it is i don't think that's mm. accurate like there's so many roman ruins everywhere <laughs> yeah. um but i don't I, I see why they're doing that it gives you lots to explore and lots of treasures that's hidden that you know the other side hasn't found yet so i'm not a, i don't have a problem with it like you said this is an actual history so everyone needs to chill out yeah but it is kind of cool. I feel like they tr- Go ahead. I feel like they try to connect to actual history as best they can though, when so. they make these games. So, yeah. I mean, we those things could have that could have been what this land looked like at that time, but I don't yeah. know who knows. And if nothing or else, guess- there's re- there's certainly some, you know, ancient Roman Empire um artifacts and, you know, architecture in in Great Britain. I mean, it exists. I just didn't know if it yeah. was that rampant or not, but who cares? Yeah. It's it's awesome. It's a fantastic game, and uh, I'm absolutely loving it. And um, I do love the way I, I picked the male Avor. I love the way he smirks. They've actually added a smirk in there that is believable when he's talking okay. to people. Um, there's a so did you yeah. did you choose? There's that moment towards the beginning where there's like an anomaly in the animus, and it says you can either choose, uh, you know, female or male Avor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you can let, or it lets the, the animus will choose for you. Which one did you do? So I picked male, but that's okay. mainly because I knew the actor who was going to be the main voice for Avor, And okay. uh, I don't know him personally. I just knew him from the show. Last, right, yeah. I knew him from uh, Last Kingdom. He's the bright red-headed and red-bearded uh, villain from uh, The Last Kingdom season okay. three or four. It's it's the second, it's the more, it's the more recent seasons uh, where he plays a really interesting character who kind of ends up becoming one of the major uh antagonists so anyway and he's a good he's a good actor he's got an interesting voice so i haven't even tried the female one i know you can actually switch on the fly at any point yeah uh in the game i have been playing as the female version you did the female version well so i let so i chose the option where it says it'll choose for you oh, gotcha depending okay. on you know circumstances that happen i'm assuming throughout as the game progresses mm-hmm. um and so it, at that moment when that anomaly happened, it came like when the game came back to I was female e, A4 yep. essentially. Yep. Yeah. And how's that voice acting? Is it pretty, I heard it's pretty good. Yeah, no, she's, I, I, I'm enjoying her. Um, mm-hmm. I like her demeanor. Um, she's definitely sounds like kind of gruff, but she's mm-hmm. also like a very built person. Like she, I mean, she's a Viking, so right. she, she's pretty jacked. Right, uh, <laughs> she definitely messes yeah, they both, things the up. The male and female versions—they just the character of Avor in either case is just has a lot of swagger, and I like it. Um, yeah. There's actually 
there's it's kind of early on as you're trying to build an alliance with this one kingdom. So you're trying to help this somewhat. Is it Soma? No, it's after that. Um, okay. So there's kind of this hapless young man who's kind of appointed. He's expected to be king, but he just can't get the respect of of these Dane brothers. Um, okay. And he's supposed to marry their sister to forge this alliance, but they just don't respect them at all. And so there's mm. a part of this dinner where, um, and I'm sure it's cool with the female character too, but the the way that the actor portrayed Eivor was just awesome. He just talks so much smack to them and just, just to get them so pissed off that they start a fight. And, uh, <laughs> and I just, I love the way that that, ha- that really felt like a TV show moment for me. I loved it. I loved yeah. it. So I'm digging this game more than I can describe. I, I just, um, it seems like it. I legitimately have, I'm going to have struggles picking what my favorite game is this year. This one's going to probably yeah. have the upper hand at first because it's recent, you know, recency bias. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when it, when it comes time for us to rank stuff, I might have to just play a little bit of some of the other heavy hitters from the year, yeah. just a little bit, just to refresh. So, I mean, I am, I am really liking it as well, but I, and it's obviously been a while since I've played Odyssey and then even Origins before that. But I, I feel like I liked Bayek the most, honestly, out of, the three games main characters. Yeah, he was, was something, a good character. Yeah. He was a great main character, but also like out of the three games, I feel like that one was the most unique because I mean, how many games are in Egypt? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. at all. This can feel like a familiar setting, I think. We've played a lot yeah. of games with a similar but, um, setting, maybe not the exact one, but yeah. But like there's definitely some gorgeous environments and like the beginning environment that's uh, taking, I'm assuming that's in like Norway, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's in all the snowy mountains and everything and the Northern Lights, dude, like when it's yeah. nighttime and you're up in the mountains and yeah. the Northern Lights above you, it's 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 very nice looking. Yeah, very cool. It really is cool. Yep. Yeah. I've tried some of the other side stuff like fishing, which is fine. The fishing isn't amazing. It was better fishing mini games and other games. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the contracts where you go assassinate someone, all that stuff is worthwhile if you want to get some cool weapons or armor or, um, some runes to attach to your gear. Um, otherwise you don't so, really have to. So I'm not, I'm not sure I'm totally feeling the structure of, I guess if they're side quests, cause it, what, isn't it like, oh, this game doesn't have side quests. You kind of just stumble into things. Like, I don't yeah. know how I'm f- I don't know how I feel about it. I'm not, I'm not totally digging it to be honest. So there are, it's hard to say what's a side quest and what's not. Cause there are quests that aren't really part of the main story that you don't have to right. do. Um, but they're not, well, there's just kind of like going quests. off in a direction and you bump into somebody and like just something. So there's, there's two, there, there are ones that actually generate, you know, that little green kind of Celtic design yes. as an actual yeah, quest yeah, yeah. that doesn't necessarily have to be done for the story, but it still could be right. like a quest that you do. Then there's these ones that are bright blue and they glow. And like right. you said, until you get close, you don't actually see that it's a symbol of some kind and you can go and talk to the person. And even then it gives you very little guidance. Like sometimes it's just some guy mourning the loss of his family and he needs some Viking warrior to give him permission to weep for his family. It's just kind of a small little right. moment. And if you don't have your charisma high enough, you can't do it. So you have to oh, wait okay. till you do uh, yeah, the only way to upgrade your charisma is through flighting that kind of rhyming, right, right. rhyming mini game, which by the way, like, to even know that. Like... Uh, yeah. There's no way to know that. Also, it's not really, I don't consider it a side quest. It's more like a little side conversation that adds yeah. some personality to the world. And that's pretty much how all those are. Some of them are a little different. Like I ran into one guy who was standing on the top of this cliff wearing just his underwear and he's up there dancing around. And so <laughs> he explains that he founded this nudist colony, but he has since been kicked out because he gets too 
enthusiastic as he describes it. Sure, sure. And so then, you, then he points to where they're all gathered and won't let him back. And he wants revenge on them. So you can go down there and you can either join them or you can ask them, Hey, where do I put my clothes? And then they point to the box and then you carry the box back to this guy. Uh, and so that way they're all stuck, you know, being nudist all the time. It's like little silly stuff sure. like that. And yeah, I, I appreciate the sense of humor there. I, I don't mind it at all. Um, but, um, but yeah, as far as quests go, I, I don't, I guess I haven't considered those quests to be actual yeah, I, quests, I guess, really. I guess what I mean is like, so like with Breath of the Wild, so they're trying to kind of do the Breath of the a Wild approach. They are. Yeah. But like with Breath of the Wild, I felt like there were, there were a lot of times where you went in a direction and like you got something that felt rewarding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, this like doesn't this, feel that rewarding. I, you're right. Yeah. Like I go in a direction and, and I like, or, or there's also the glow, uh, golden little blips that you find. Mm-hmm. So as you're looking off in the distance, you see the golden ones, which by the way, side note, also the, the, the bird kind of useless. Yeah. But I've like, rarely it used my bird. Things. It's just so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Like basically I, I just hold R3 in it and she does the kind of like, Yep. assassin like vision thing that highlights things which is way exactly. more useful I, I do the scan um, like nonstop. oh also there's yes. a move that if you are still hidden uh and you're crouched and you haven't been spotted yet if you're in a restricted territory it'll automatically mm-hmm. mark folks for you without you hitting anything right yeah yeah but which again one. all those things minimize the usefulness of the bird yeah but basically what I was getting at is like when you, so you bring the bird up and you're like mm-hmm. looking off in the distance and you're seeing all the blue blips and the gold blips and you and I'm like, all right, well, let me kind of go off in this direction and, and see if I find some cool treasure or like some new armor or weapon or something. And I've barely found anything. Mm. So like, yeah, so I'm the, enjoying the, the, the larger thing. So whether it's the, um, the ingots, whether it's co- the, um, yeah, the copper ones or eventually the nickel, um, those are marked by these little gold like a little stack of gold on the map when yeah. you finally figure out that that's what it is. The other ones are usually just kind of large gold blobs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, or eventually you'll even see like a little gear icon, like a little piece of armor icon that you know that there's an armor piece or a weapon there. What I've oh, discovered okay. is that upgrading your, there's a guy who shows up in your settlement and he has a little tent. And once you build his yep. cartography thing, you can buy maps from him. And that'll okay. actually put more helpful icons. If you ha- maybe you've done this already, but that'll put the actual icon of what those things are on the map. Some of it will still be hidden, and if it's just a tiny little gold spot, likely that's going to be just a collection of iron and leather, which is helpful, okay. but not like life changing. It's helpful because you can upgrade stuff, which is cool. Um, but it won't be a new piece of gear or anything. You know, I, I was a little disappointed at the lack of gear variety at the different shops I went to. It, it hasn't been yeah. until you know hour twenty something I finally got a hammer you know okay it just took a while um yeah it definitely seems like it's because i mean it's a long game so i don't know if they just stretched it out like across most of that time where like you're finding the more unique things but like i'm 16 hours in and like i so basically that you hit that certain point where you get the free 300 helix um Mm -hmm. currency yep and i said screw it like i'll just pay five dollars for 500 more and i brought that i bought that um is it drager the Drager set. Oh yeah, yeah, the, that does look kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's basically like all black, and then you have the helmet with like kind of the gr- the green like yeah, the coming out of something. the helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, I bought that because like it was five dollars, whatever. I don't, I don't really care. Um, yeah, that that's a pretty sweet armor, like looking armor. Um, so I'm just I'm just walking around with my hood, my black hood, just looking like the Grim <laughs> Reaper, which is pretty cool. I'm basically a Viking Grim Reaper. Yep. Um, but like if I didn't do that, then it's like. 
her basic armor that she she had because you basically fought somebody earlier on and then you got like a whole armor set and it was nice looking but it like i don't know i i like having kind of more variety and i don't know yeah so that is one thing that's lacking is the ability and you do un- unlock more armor sets. You get like a Berserker yeah. set. You get a Magister set. There's a Hidden Ones, which is another name for Assassin's set. You know, your Raven Clan set is my favorite still. Um, yeah. But what I do like is that their visuals do upgrade as you have your Blacksmith upgrade them. And yeah. so every time he levels it up for you, it gets a visual improvement as well. Okay. Um, and so that is cool. But to your point, it, it doesn't, it's not like it unlocks unless I've just missed this option, it's not like now you've got four versions to swap between on how you yeah. look with the Raven clan set. I think once you upgrade it, that's how it now looks. I think, I think it's just the pro and con of like having such a massive world that there's just so much going on that it, that stuff obviously exists. Like yeah. I, I saw, I saw an article that was like, Oh, if you want to find the Thor's hammer, I'm like, wait, what's that? Like, yeah, I saw <laughs> like, that I want to find somewhere that. too. I was like, I want that hammer. Yeah. So like, uh, obviously there's cool stuff in the game like that, but yeah, like, I yeah. just haven't come across anything yet. Super cool. Other than what I literally bought for five bucks. Well, I'll so. say this to anyone who's listening and playing this game and you too, Dan, as you're playing, um, Anytime you fire it up, talk to the thousand eyes person and get a contract and then yeah. either either directly go to it because it could be close or just, you know, on your travels, you might get close to it because those are worth doing. Once you build up enough opals, you can buy some really sweet stuff. I bought a scimitar, which is a two handed sword. And yep. that thing is just beastly. It's awesome. Yeah. Um so anyway, those are those are also handy to do as well. And of course, because I love the settings so much and I just love the game so much, I'm OK with just wandering and i know some folks are frustrated by that like there's not enough guidance in some ways like i totally get it i get why that would frustrate you but i'm treating this like breath of the wild where i'm just having a blast exploring this kind of setting and place that i already am intrigued by whether it was from the last kingdom show or from playing crusader kings 3 recently you Mm. know very similar setting and vibes and i just totally dig it you know so I think I can just, I think what I'll throw out there versus like kind of opposite of what you're saying. So like for me, where I'm kind of like, I'm having sort of bouts of like wandering and I'm like, I, I'm enjoying it, but I'm like, I kind of want to be rewarded with something at some point mm-hmm. and I'm not getting it. Just mix in some actual like missions. Cause I was, yeah. I was wandering for a while and I was getting kind of like a little bored. So then I was like, all right, let me go do, let me go do the uh, Alliance thing. So I did that little mission there um, or sets of missions because you meet Soma and then you have to rescue, rescue her, her yep. three, uh, her three friends there. Um, and that whole arc there was really cool. Like I really yep. enjoyed that. So well, there are some um, other missions that I guess the best way to call them is optional. And the, the, okay. I guess they're not technically side missions, but like, for example, when you unlock the, your hunting uh, hut, whatever it's called, the yeah, people the who can basically, yeah, the lot, the hunting lodge, uh, and then there's a character named Petra who wants to take you hunting. And so there's a whole big conversation with her. You learn about her and you learn about the guy who does the, the, the tanning and, you know, how he's an adopted brother of hers, whatever else. So, okay. um, th- and that's completely optional. You don't have to go with her. And, but that's got that yeah, same yeah. Lim- same symbol on there. Like it's an official mission, even though you don't have to do it. And then, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a, uh, a character connection with Randvi, you know, and where you're, as you're going between missions and building, um, alliances where you can pretty much avor can either either notice and say something like hey you need to get out and go do something fun and let's go do something or you can just skip it and just move on to the next alliance yeah so there's completely optional missions in that way but you are right there's not like 
you know, I want to take, you know, I want to take this mission and go kill these 10 wolves for this person all the time. It's more yep. about taking contracts regularly. Those are side missions that give you some rewards. And then, um, for the most part, it's just doing raids. Like as I go, instead of doing a lot of fast traveling, I'm actually traveling down the river or by horse mm-hmm. and I'm fine or by wolf, I guess. <laughs> and then I'm finding, yeah. uh, all kinds of stuff to do along the way. So, but yeah. again, that's the way I'm playing it because this is a game I was so hyped for. And for me personally, it's delivering on every level. Although I know some people, I totally get where some frustration might creep yeah. in. I just feel like other than a few funny open world glitches, I'm finding very few flaws with the game. Yeah. Now, maybe as they look back at it, they might decide, you know, we should have made some of the side stuff that our designers put such care into making. We should have made that easier to see and find because so many players missed it. You know, they might, they might find that over time. It's just dependent on how you approach open world games. Cause like I've, I've, like I've mentioned before, like I do really like open world games. It's just sometimes depending on the way it's structured, I start to get a little bored and I'm like, uh, nothing interesting is kind of happening right now, whether it's story wise or, or me finding something cool, like loot wise or whatever. So I think, I think depending on the way that the game is structured and with this game specifically, if you're like me, then try to mix in some of the more like actual like official quests or like not just simply wandering in a direction be like let me try to find something like if Mm -hmm. that's not working out for you then just kind of back out and like and there's so many the main storyline is supposed to be like 40 hours long oh yeah there's just so yeah exactly there's so many actual things you can do that you know has like you said the green like little glyph on it yep maybe just do some of the base yeah maybe do some of the basic settlement building every time you go back but then for the most part stay on track with your main missions and i think Maybe once you get the cartographer, every once in a while, hit pause yeah. and open up a few maps and go get some gear pieces. That's fun. Like yeah. I, I've unlocked a few full uh, pieces of gear, which are awesome. Yeah. But just, just I'm mix with it up. you. There's so much to do. Um, there's so I'm sorry. There's so much main story to get through. It makes yeah. sense to me for people to, you know, stay focused on that. Plus, the story does get uh, more intriguing. At first, I thought the story was like, oh, all right, this is what we're doing. Okay, this is kind of same old, same old. But it's fine. It's fine. But I'm now at some story moments that are really like, oh, I have no idea how it's going to turn out. This is intriguing and a little sad. So, have you found one of the anomaly things where you do it, where basically the the animus is having an anomaly, and then Layla kicks into the game, and you're doing you know, the uh, platforming? No, they they whatever there was like a warning thing about that or whatever, but I okay. never, I have not experienced one of those yet. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, but make sure you do. Yeah, I will. Because <laughs> when that. you get to the end of it, so. Have you actually backed out? Uh, well, I, I think there actually was an official story moment that, that or maybe I backed out myself. I forget. Um, have you gone into Layla's like laptop and, and like read some of the stuff? In there, I or? went in there and read all that stuff. That was awesome. Okay. And you listened to the sound, yep. the sound clip. Okay. So yep. right. there's so certain you, characters you know from past AC games yes. that are mentioned. Yep. Um, so, and there's, there's like a reference this um, or not a reference, but there's something going on in the modern day where Layla's, there's this voice of this like thing not to get it. I'm trying not to be specific. Um, and, and those anomalies I think are connected to that yeah. and it's going to divulge a bit more of like what that message is and it's adding to the message. And like real quick, there was a snippet of like something like it showed a visual of, I think connected to that message that she's receiving or heard or whatever. Yep. Um, and it just, yeah, it just really cool. So yeah, I think it's going to piece together and, and definitely if you're interested in that, I am, and I keep forgetting that there's an animus option to hop out of the animus. I should do that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 
anyway, loving this game. It's going to be one that I'm going to be fighting for, for at least some pieces of game of the year. Love uh, <laughs> when it comes down to it, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm sorry, Tim, but it's Final Fantasy VII Remake, obviously. Let's just be honest. Well, it depends on what we're talking about. You know, is it... Uh, <laughs> all of them. All the options. Is it best-looking characters? That's different, you know? Yeah, no. Um, all right, well, Best let's... Switch game? Speaking of Game of the Year stuff, let's talk real quick, and then we'll wrap it up, about the Game, the game Awards nominees that have been announced. And let me just say this before I criticize their timing decision. I understand that there's a, a lot at play when it comes to scheduling something like this, everything from airtime you can get to advertisers to the timing of games wanting to get recognition right before Christmas. And I, I listen, I understand. I understand like there's a lot at play, but logically at its very core, the whole point of a game awards show, especially if they're saying, let's look at the best games of this year is to actually analyze all the games from January through December of that year and then award them, which is why you have the Oscars and Golden Globes happening in the months at the beginning of each year, because they're and you know they're reviewing the last year. Yeah. So that so that being said, I want to just throw out that little caveat. Like I understand that there's more at play than just picking a date on the calendar. So I'm not that naive, but I think despite those things that are at play, it is worth it to the developers, to the publishers, and to the gamers themselves to actually give a proper recognition of what came out that calendar year. One of the nominees that we'll talk about real quick this year is star Wars Jedi, the fallen order was nominated for best action adventure game, because as we know, last year it missed the cutoff with its release date. Um, and I just feel like that's a weird one to have nominated for this year. Like that is not a 2020 game. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. That's, I knew that I knew we'd hit that. And I think with cyberpunk, we'll see that next year since that missed the cutoff date. I think immortals will get totally overlooked unless Unless it is like a masterpiece, but I don't think it is. I think it's going to be a really good like eight out of ten type of game, and yeah. so people are going to overlook it. And I don't know. I just think it's weird. I don't know if you have an opinion on that or not. I just feel like they should wait until January, February. No, they absolutely should. It makes literally no sense. I mean, I get these things take time to schedule, but that's fine. So then you schedule it, and then the show happens later into the next year. Yeah, that that's okay. Like I don't, I don't understand. I don't know if there's like analytics that tell them like people are going to watch this in January or, or I'm sorry, December yep. rather than, you know, March or something like I, right. I have no idea, but well, I, I do think know. that and let's talk about the nominees real quick. I do think that a game like doom eternal has a spot as a nominee for game of the year because something like cyberpunk is not ready is did not make the cut. And that's not to, mm -hmm. to disparage doom eternal, but I'm looking at the other nominees. So for game of the year, they nominated doom eternal final fantasy seven remake ghost of Tsushima Hades, Animal Crossing and Last of Us Part Two. I think if Cyberpunk delivers on what we think it's going to from CD Projekt Red, I think Doom Eternal would have been left off that list, and Cyberpunk would have been there. I think mm -hmm. the the others would stay. I think uh, Final Fantasy, Ghost, Hades, Animal Crossing, and Last of Us Part Two were all games that most of us would have guessed were going to get nominated. Doom Eternal was a bit of a surprise to me, but I I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just a little surprised that it was nominated uh, for Game of the Year. What do you think about that them. list? I mean, again, it has Final Fantasy VII Remake on it, so I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there's definitely some good options. Hades is on there, so rep representing kind of the smaller developer, that's good. Yeah. Um, well, if, have you played Hades yet? No. I mean, I definitely want to at some point. It just it just hasn't happened. The thing I, about, I haven't bought the thing it. about Hades is that um, 
I bought on two. I bought it two places. It's that good, and I love it that much. And I'm going to talk about yeah. this one a ton for Game of the Year stuff. I love Hades. I think it's amazing. And and the reason I think it's included here, I was going to say, but I didn't mean to word, use the word, but I actually think, and the reason it's included here is because everything it's trying to do, it does it pretty much perfectly. Everything from the style to the dialogue and the combat and the things it wants you to unlock, like. There's no like, oh, I see what they were trying to do and they didn't deliver. Like, I don't see any shortcomings that that game is trying to accomplish that it doesn't hit. So mm-hmm. it's just an amazing game. Every other game on here, there's like, I see what they're trying to do. They almost got it, but it's okay. I can overlook it because of whatever, my love for the story or the characters or whatever. Yeah. Um, Hades doesn't really have that shortcoming in my personal opinion. So I totally see mm-hmm. why it's nominated. And I kind of like that it adds a little bit of variety. Um, yeah to the other games well it's um it's like uh what was it was it uh uh walking dead jesus i couldn't think of what it was that that one year they won right yeah like game of the year so like you know that's cool when something like that happens a a smaller game not just automatically like yeah a triple a game of course is gonna win that award it's like well no not necessarily so (laughs) yep absolutely um you know maybe next week we'll do our predictions since the the game of Excuse me, the Game Awards, I believe, is the week after that. So maybe next week when we've got Derek for a full show, we'll do our predictions on who will win. Um, it's funny, a lot of these other categories pretty much have a variation of that same exact list. <laughs> so best game yeah. direction is Final Fantasy, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Last of Us Part Two, and then Half-Life Alex is, yeah. is on there because Animal Crossing... There's, what what game direction is there? Um, and Happiness, that's, actually, actually, that's the beauty. Of, that's the beauty of a game like Animal Crossing. To give it yeah. some credit, is that it doesn't really have direction. It's do what you want. So, um, exactly. and then we've got best narrative, which is I've never I've heard of this. But I've never played uh, Thirteen Sentinels: Aegis Rim. Mm-hmm. Um, never played it, but I am curious about it. The story of it now that it's nominated for this Final Fantasy VII remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and Last of Us Part Two <laughs> oh, yeah. for, for best narrative. Yeah, but it, again, it's cool that something like Aegis Rim is on there. Like I agree, the, the guys that made Dragon's Crown, you know this. I agree. Then they made this sort of newer game. That's more and you know what's funny about something like Hades is because it's a roguelike. Typically, those don't have much, if any, story. And this one, I yeah. can concur, does have an actual interesting. The way they explain the loop, and then the yep. way the story unfolds is actually quite good. Yeah. Um, best art direction is. Final Fantasy, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Last of Us Part Two, and then Ori gets a little love right here because Will of the Wisps came go. out this year. Um, and then best score in music is Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> Hades, <laughs> Last of Us Part Two, Ori, and Doom Eternal. Now, I, I know that we want some variation on this, so I see why they're swapping some of them out, but I, I've been listening to video game soundtracks as I work, along with some movie soundtracks, and one of the ones that's been standing out to me Obviously, Last of Us Part Two does, but the Ghost of Tsushima soundtrack, in my opinion, is actually quite unique and quite amazing. So I'm surprised yeah. that that one got left off. Again, I'm not trying to hate on Doom. I like it. I just sure. don't love it. But Doom Eternal for score and music, like it's interesting, but it's not. Honestly, I remember thinking as I played, I played through about half of Doom Eternal, and I do plan on finishing it. But I remember thinking the music feels like a retread of what they already did with the first one. Yeah. And that music was amazing. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> it's so metal. And if I'm going to cr- level that criticism, I have to say the same thing about Ori. Gorgeous piano and ambient music. Absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. But again, very much similar to what the first game did. So yeah, whatever. It's fine. It's If it's good, it's good. It doesn't matter if they did it well the first time and the second time. So I get it. I, I understand why Doom Eternal and Ori are on there. It's just interesting because I think Ghost is 
a phenomenal soundtrack too. I mean, best of luck to them because they're up against, you know, Nobo Uematsu's work from Final Fantasy VII. Dude, so that music is gorgeous. Just, you know, love I mean, the Final Fantasy VII. Honestly, like, I, yes, I love Final Fantasy. That's fine. But, like, I, I feel like literally no one can argue against the music of Final Fantasy. Like, and if you're trying to, yeah. then you're just being a, a stupid jerk. Well, <laughs> I think this is, these are the kind of categories amazing. that something like Last of Us Part Two would win because it's not a traditional soundtrack. So sure. like it's it's very simple and emotional with the guitar plucking and then you do have your big emotional moments with lots of instruments but it's very unique. Yep. So I could see something like that winning although personally I would pick stuff like Final Fantasy and Ori over it but I do like it. Again, don't yep. I like all the music from the games that are selected. Same with audio design, you know, Doom makes sense, Resident Evil 3 and Last of Us Part 2 makes sense and then Half-Life Alex and Ghost of Tsushima also nominated there. Best performance is uh, potentially one of the two uh, major characters from Last of Us Part Two, and Ash, uh, no, um, Ellie and Abby, mm-hmm. uh, or Jin Sakai from uh, Ghost of Tsushima, or sure. Hades from the game Hades, or yes. um, Miles Morales from Spider-Man. Miles Morales. Oh, nice. So those are the nominees for best performance. Games for Impact, which I wish Derek could chime in on these, um, would be If Found, Kentucky Route Zero. Spirit Fairer, tell me why, or through the darkest tell of times. I know it's hard not. Yeah, those to all have sound the, like games he loves. It's hard not <laughs> to have the little Backstreet Boys noise there. The Kentucky Route Zero is a weird pick for, in my opinion, because that game has been coming out in chunks for years. Yeah. Um, but now that it's a full edition called the TV edition, um, it's fine. I get it. It's whatever. Uh, but sure. to me, Spirit Fairer is the obvious winner there. But that's just because I like it. I don't know that it impacted my life, but it's an interesting retrospection on. A retrospective on death and mm-hmm. relationships but best ongoing game is apex legends destiny 2 call of duty warzone fortnite or no man's sky they um, should just give it to no man's sky just to spite everyone <laughs> yeah i know well <laughs> you know if it were like most improved game i think that one would have to win it but sure i don't know we'll see uh best ongoing best indie carrion fall guys hades spelunky 2 or spirit fair Sorry, everybody, but Hades is nominated for all the major awards, so I think it's going to win Best Indie, but I could be wrong. I could I be think wrong. out of those, even though I haven't even played it, I feel like that sounds like a, a good bet. Yeah, either Hades or Spiritfarer. Spiritfarer is yeah. also a stunning, amazing game. Uh, best Mobile Game is Among Us, Call of Duty Mobile, Genshin Impact, Legends of Ruterra, and Pokemon Cafe Mix. I think Among Us is just getting nominated because it's popular again, but it came out like three sure. years ago. <laughs> Or whatever. I mean, why not? Ago. It's very pop. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Uh, community support, VR, AR. We can skip some of these. Uh, I wanted to get to best action. Um, Doom Eternal, Hades, Half Life, Alex, Neo Two finally gets a little love, and Streets mm-hmm. of Rage Four. I think those are interesting picks for best okay. action game. Yeah. It's a unique variety. It is. I think so. And then best action adventure. This is where you finally get some attention to Assassin's Creed Valhalla. The only other thing they were nominated in was uh, accessibility because they have all the different, um, okay, like for different yeah. disabilities and stuff. Yep. Um, so anyway, best action adventure is uh, Valhalla, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Ori of the Will of the Wisps, Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order, or Last of Us Part Two. Ooh. I feel like Ghost is probably not going to win Game of the Year because it's going to be either like I think it's going to be Last of Us to be honest with you. But I think yeah. this could be where Ghost takes a, a major award for action adventure. I could be wrong. Mm. 
Um, my personal pick there would be a tough one. I'll have to think that through because I love, and I know I'm going to love Miles, so I'm going to have to say that these are all going to be excellent in my book because I, I love yeah. all of them on the list. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, again, my opinion is probably just being looked at as a cartoon character's opinion, but Final Fantasy VII, just everything. All but of, it's not all on the, the ba- action adventure list. It should be. <laughs> it's on the best role-playing list, though. It's going up against oh, Genshin, Genshin Impact, Persona 5 Royal. That's a dumb one to include. Uh, Wasteland, <laughs> Wasteland 3. No, there was enough new stuff added in there. There was enough new stuff. All right. It was. They and literally y- added a whole new main character. Yakuza Like a Dragon. All I'm saying is I think there's other role-playing games that actually came out this year that should get love. I think sure. Persona 5 should be thought of as the game that came out in, what was it, 2017 or whatever it was. Um, is, that, I mean, is that what year that was? 2018? Maybe, so either 17 or 18. The only reason um, I say that, and the reason why I personally, this is just my personal opinion, care if a game is included multiple times in this kind of th- stuff the only reason I care that much is because I want games that actually came out that year to have a shot at getting recognized. I don't want games that were excellent a year or two or three or four ago to keep taking the spotlight. Hmm. So I like it when games that actually were released this year get a chance to say, hey, this is one of the best of this year. And so a game, uh, there are some excellent role-playing games that came out this year that missed a spot on the nomination list because Persona, another version of Persona 5 came out. I hear you that stuff was added. That's cool. But Come on, there had to be other RPGs that came out in 2020 that could have been nominated here, but maybe they not. They should have just, I mean, I feel like they should just then also still add them. I don't think there should be like, I mean, not that there shouldn't be a limit, like they can't have like 60 options in there, but like, I mean, yeah, I just have a very, a couple picky, extra, you know, and I'll acknowledge that it's picky and probably pretty petty. But if it already came out and had a chance at some of these oh. awards when it came out, that's when it should get considered. And anytime after that, Please keep enjoying it, but it's just not going to get awarded as if it came out that year. But that's why we call you Picky Peter. That is why they call me that. Um, real quick, we'll go through these last ones and we'll shut it down. I'm sorry I'm going so long here. Best fighting game is Grand Blue Fantasy, Mortal Kombat 11, Ultimate. There's mm. another re release. Street Fighter 5, that's another re release. <laughs> One Punch Man and Under Night in Birth. I'm not hey, Mortal Kombat that. got like an expansion or like an actual like story DLC. Like oh added gosh, to you're it, such so. a homer, such a homer. <laughs> All right, uh, best family game: uh, Animal Crossing, Crash Bandicoot Four, Fall Guys, Mario Kart Live, Minecraft Dungeons, Fall, or Paper Fall Mario. Guys can go to hell. All right, Fa- <laughs> family game like that game uh, makes you want to just beat the crap out of somebody. It's the same thing as something like Overcooked, where it's so cute and like, oh, what a fun concept. But then, like by level three, everyone wants to kill each other. No, but like yeah. with Overcooked, you're yelling at potentially a family member, somebody in True. the same room. With yeah. Fall Guys, it's it's basically just devolved to everyone just grabbing each other on these stages and just trying to <laughs> sabotage so it's like there's no strategy anymore funny like yeah i mean like it's still a it's a fun game but i feel like the mechanics they need to like they're not going to but i think it completely ruins the game that they allow you to grab people on all stages the, yeah. the grabbing should only be allowed on the stages where you need to grab them for whatever it is like if you need to steal their tail or whatever the the thing that you need to do on that stage is yeah I, no that's I just, fair i can't stand it i can't stand it that's fair if any of you have been noticing with the one of the um uh patterns with all these nominees is there's not a lot of nintendo love until you get to this category best family now you've got mario mario kart animal crossing yep. and then i think the only game on this list is, i think fall guys is on the switch isn't it or it's coming to switch maybe. no I, I think it is but it's not yet no okay and then crash is not on switch either but you can play minecraft dungeons 
on the Switch. Whatever. I thought mm. I thought Crash was on Switch. Crash Four is not. Mm-mm. Crash. Oh, okay. the oh I'm thinking the trilogy. trilogy. Yes. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. Okay. Best Sim strategy would be either Crusader Kings Three, Desperados Three, Gears Tactics. Microsoft Flight Simulator and XCOM Chimera Squad. You know, it's funny you got all these like strategy war games, and then Microsoft Flight Simulator because technically it's a sim slash strategy game. Yeah, um, but uh, which is kind of interesting. Is it strategy? <laughs> is it though? Um, yeah, it? I, I know they have to bucket those together just for the sake of you know giving them a place to go. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's an interesting selection there. I, for me, that it's between Gears Tactics and Crusader Kings Three. Those are both fantastic. I mean. I think it should be Final Fantasy, but you know. Yeah, you're right. It should be in best. <laughs> what about best sports and racing? Should it win that one too? Probably. Yeah, absolutely. And There's best multiplayer, best multiplayer game, probably it should win that. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I think Final Fantasy VII should win best content creator of the year. I'm just it looking through all, these, all of the... <laughs> looking at all these categories. Yeah, absolutely, Cloud is the best content creator. It is the best esports athlete. Yep, of course. That would be Barrett. Absolutely. <laughs> this is where I get down into the. I'm scrolling down through the rest of the nominations. No, actually, that'd be Tifa categories. because Tifa's. You know, she would be on the cam and her. Oh my god! Her, you know, God given. Uh, you know, assets. You know what I'm trying to say? Assets. You know, just mm-hmm. hanging out, and they're yeah. like, "Hey, give me a, give me a, <laughs> a tip or whatever." I, I forget know. who. But, I want to say it was our our friend Jesse did this. Someone did this where they're talking about like. They're comparing two games, and then all of a sudden, he just put it in a GIF of Tifa and was like, "Yeah, but does it have this?" And then the person was like, <laughs> "Yeah, it's true. I, maybe it was you yeah. who did that." But someone posted that and was like, "Does it have this?" Yeah. Like, oh, all right, game over. Exactly. I'm just more <laughs> making fun of like the girls that people make fun of that have oh, their things hanging you. out, and I they're like, you. "I play video games." I'm like, well, maybe you do, but maybe you don't, and you're just doing your thing, and I respect that. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Making all right. Well, that is all we've got for this week i know we kind of went long uh here at the end but i'm glad we got to talk more about ac valhalla i'm super digging that game and then maybe maybe next week when all three of us are back on here we can give our predictions for who win the who wins the game awards not our picks for who we want to win but our predictions for who we think uh will win those based on you know just past year awards and things like that but i'm sure yeah, that does it for us this week. Thank you all for listening. Dan, thanks for staying up extra late. I know you got to get back to work tomorrow after being out for a while. So yeah, hope, it's ridiculous. Hope that goes well for you. The Thank you all for listening. Having to be an adult. I know. It's so annoying. Yes. All right, you guys have a happy, happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you next week.